Hi, I'm Paul Swinflow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, what happens in Vegas? Head out to Barcelona as we get a half-time report from VMworld. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. So we're currently sat uh, nicely at the halfway mark between uh, the, the two halves of, of probably what's still the biggest and maybe most influential uh, tech community event, uh, and that's uh, that's VMworld. So we had the Vegas event a few weeks back, and we've got Barcelona coming up. So what I thought we'd do is have a little bit of a roundup of uh, some of the cool stuff that came out of Vegas, some of the interesting announcements, and some of the things for folk who uh, are thinking of or are definitely going out to the uh, Barcelona version event some of the things that they can go out and look out for. Uh, so to help me to uh, have a look at that, um, I couldn't think of a better person to ask and a, a returning guest to the show uh, and also the host of the fantastic uh, Virtually Speaking podcast, Pete Fletcher. Hi, Pete. Hey, Paul. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, going real good. Uh, you know, th- thanks for taking some time to, to join us today. Uh, how's life at VMworld uh, or VMware um, and VMworld? Yeah, both, right? <laughs> yeah. Both are great, uh, I must say. Yeah, we just finished um, VMworld 2018 in Las Vegas, which was an awesome show. We had about 23,000 of our closest friends to come and uh, share that event with us. And yes, to answer your other question, uh, working at VMware now for three years, I could not be more happy. Well, that's, that's good. And uh, you have um, currently just avoided uh, hurricane danger. Um, how did that go for you? I did. I, I'm, I'm, still, uh, I'm still alive and kicking. And I did not experience what you talked about on your last episode of uh, fire, flood and pestilence. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm currently safe in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, unfortunately, some of my closer neighbors did not uh, fare so lucky. There has been a lot of flooding and all that, all that stuff. So, yeah, Hurricane, Hurricane Florence was pretty bad, but... Uh, Fortunately for me, Raleigh, the area uh, kind of went unscathed. So I'm happy and here to happy to happy to, <clears throat> and I'm happy to be here with you today, Paul. Yeah, well, I, I, as, as with me, always happy to be anywhere um, at, at any point in time. So, when, well, look, before we dive into kind of some of the specifics around, uh, you know, some of the announcements and some of the interesting stuff that came out of Vegas. Um, for people who are listening to this, you know, it's okay me going on about VMworld being this kind of huge community event, but there'll be no doubt some people listening to the show who've perhaps never witnessed a VMworld are not, not really sure what it is we're talking about. So, you know, you're a veteran of a few VMworlds. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, about the event, you know, what it's about, the, the kind of things that, that you expect to hear and, and expect to find when you go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So so VMworld is VMware's official annual event. They have one in the States. Uh, it's either most of the time it's in San Francisco. The last couple of years it's been in Las Vegas. But next year, thank goodness, it's going back to San Francisco. But but essentially, and then in in, uh, in Europe, they'll usually do them in places. Uh, I think currently it's going to be in Barcelona again for the next couple of years. But essentially, this is a this is a big tech conference that's filled with vendors, um, you know, mainly virtualization, uh, backup and recovery, lots of storage, you know. So it's a it's a big opportunity for people from all over the globe to come and learn about VMware technology and all of the things that affect virtualization in general. So a great conference, uh, as I mentioned earlier, about 23,000 folks attend this conference and there's technical training Lots of certifications for folks, uh, opportunities to certify. One of the largest, um, one of the largest uh, hands-on lab areas for you to take and actually get your hands on the different types of technology. And then, and then, uh, you know, lots of parties. 
and then uh, lots of opportunities to to socialize and meet with these people that you work with uh, globally. You know, we we talk to a lot of folks on Twitter and and throughout the different Slack channels, and we, we read each other's blogs, and we have what we call a virtualization community, right? The V community. And so this is an opportunity for folks that are, you know, learning from different people and, and interacting with people online to come together and uh, to socialize, to, to network. And uh, it's, it's a really fun event. I, I've been going for the past uh, six years uh, as a customer, then as a vendor, and now as an employee for VMware. And uh, it's one of the events, it's, it's essentially the, the, the event that we look forward to uh, more than any other event. Yeah, I think there's some um, it's really interesting stuff in there as well, uh, you know, because one of the things I think it's easy to look at that and you see kind of a vendor conference, you know, it's, it, it must be about virtualization because it's VMware's event. But like you say, you know, I think there's there's loads of strings to a conference of that size. I think, you know, you, you just touched on kind of community aspect. And I think that's where you tend to see many of the kind of the IT community that, that we know, um, oh, yeah. that we know and love. Uh, many many of that IT community, that's kind of where they converge, uh, uh, whether it's in the, the US event or whether it's the EMEA event, you know, say Barcelona this year or, or wherever it might be across yep. Europe. Um, but also, I think that that part where you have lots and lots of different vendors there, you know, I think that what we tend to find is that kind of VMware is is almost omnipotent in in the enterprise. You know, we, we will go and visit customers or we'll go to a site or if you're listening to this and you, you run IT internally, invariably it includes some level of virtualization. And normally that includes VMware. Sure. So, so I think what's always interesting is that you've got this all of these vendors who have got their own kind of different strategies. They're all looking at how they integrate and add value into kind of the VMware stack. But I think it opens up much wider conversations, doesn't it, than just virtualization. You know, there's things around data management, data protection, cloud integration, automation. You know, so, so is, I mean, is that something you've seen over kind of those last six years that just kind of the breadth of what gets covered at VMworld is, continues to grow? Oh, absolutely. This is a big, there are 23,000 people that come and it's not all just about storage or compute or network virtualization or, or virtualization in general, right? I mean, this is about being in IT, right? There, there are so many different aspects to that, whether it's, like you said, it could be one of the acquisitions we recently had was a company called Cloud Health. You know, and so there's a lot of, and that's a whole new genre of, of IT jobs that are going to be coming out with this type of company like cloud health where they deal with you know operations and management for cloud environments and so it's 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 everything from the 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 geekiest of hardware getting down to looking at like intel was there showing us their latest ruler form factor so you can literally pop open these servers and look at the the the, the memory and the hard drives and be that level of hardware all the way up the stack to seeing the, the analytics software the cloud management and so it's a there's something for everybody in this IT industry at VMworld. Yeah, and I, I think I mean, it's interesting you mentioned cloud health because I, I had uh, Joe Kinsella on as guest um, about three, four episodes ago. You yeah, know, I heard and it. I think that that kind of um, that kind of integration. I, I suppose listening to what you're saying there, that the VMworld is a show that becomes very much about kind of the development of your compute and data strategy going forward because VMware, and it's interesting that we're, we're recording this actually during uh, Microsoft's MS Ignite conference. Yeah. I think that's a similar kind of thing. It was this, this huge kind of scale thing. And because Microsoft touched so much of the enterprise that actually, you know, the, the it, companies like VMware, companies like Microsoft are 
play a huge part in shaping kind of strategic route that we take when when we're you know whether we're working in an SMB or an enterprise or whatever that as we're designing those kind of technology strategies going forward. I think these conferences play a huge part in that because that they are that they're so vast and the market reach of the, the the kind of the vendors behind these is such that those strategic moves and decisions they're making are you know go go into influence the way that uh, that the way we deliver deliver our technology to our to our organizations in the future i mean do you get a feel for that as well that the, this kind of strategic move is i suppose kind of the the you're you're seeing people coming to the to the event for actually give me strategic direction you know i'd love to get involved in the nuts and bolts of the technology but actually i'm really interested in strategically where vmware we're going where where you're you're kind of taking us Oh, absolutely. There's definitely that that whole aspect. And there's different types of sessions. I mean, you can get into a, a deep dive into how to deploy Microsoft SQL Server on, on vSAN, uh, or you can get into some of the more C-level type uh, sessions that are looking at vision and future and where these different technology, where the different companies are looking. Uh, and, and fortunately, I can say that uh, it seems to seems to be the case yet another yet another year uh, that VMware and Microsoft are pretty much aligned. I mean, uh, there's a lot. It's a, they're a great partnership. They were at VMworld as well, and of course, we were we're at, at Ignite. Uh, and uh, there's a you know these are two companies that work very well together. Yeah, and I, well, and I do think you see that, don't you? And again, that kind of the, the vastness of the the array of vendors, you know, including likes of Microsoft who bring bring technology bring you know strategic direction bring information to vm world i think just goes to show that for most organizations that we deal with now you know the idea that you, you know I, th- I think the idea that maybe five or six years ago where you could maybe have these kind of uh, almost uh, you know almost religious battles between you know vendor preferences that you know sure. if, I, if i'm going to like this vendor i'm really never going to like that one and i think for lots of us now we we've, we've just had to move away from that because actually the reach of technology is so vast that no one vendor is probably going to deliver everything for us but actually seeing these partnerships and how vendors are enabling each other you know like you talked about cloud health how these kind of vendors are enabling other vendors to deliver new and interesting um, innovation i i, I think it's fascinating you know and I, and I think long may these kind of shows continue to to show that um, oh, yeah. but look, I, I, I mean, let's let, let's kind of jump in a little bit into to some of the stuff that was was covered in Vegas. So, you know, you, obviously you were there. Um, what, what were some of the kind of the key messages that you took from the event? You know, what, what were some of the big announcements that either people can go back and find out more about or if they're heading out to Barcelona, things they should be looking out for? Sure, absolutely. I'll touch on a few, uh, some of the headlines that caught my attention. Uh, and, and I'll also leave you a link, if you will. Um, w- we have a podcast and also a blog site where we talk a lot about this. And so I'll give you a couple of headlines of things that were, that piqued my interest. And then maybe you can uh, dig a little deeper on some of the, the more nitty gritty details of them. Uh, but for one, um, they announced on the first day, Pat Gelsinger, first of all, he comes out, which was amazing. <laughs> He's our CEO. Uh, and he comes out and he r- opens up his his shirt arm and he's got a big old VMware tattoo across his forearm. <laughs> and everybody was like, what? <laughs> this, if, if For anybody that knows Pat Gelsinger, that is not anything that anybody would have expected. <laughs> he is the most uh, straight and narrow professional CEO. I, like, he's amazing. I love the guy. Uh, but that, that, that kind of blew my mind. We, we actually interviewed him on our podcast and talked all about that podcast and uh, talked all about that uh, that tattoo on whether or not it was real, which was which was a fun conversation. Uh, but that wasn't the big announcement. I think one of the... So, so hang on, I've, I've got go to ahead. ask you now. And was the tattoo real? <laughs> uh, it was real pretty. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, there's, a, there's a politician's answer if ever I heard one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do these temp tattoos, you know, over in, in Vegas where it, I'm sure it lasted like a week. Uh, but it, it looked great. And uh, it, it, we had them on the, our podcast and it was fun because right away we were like, way to go, Pat. You know, you, you come to VMworld and you get and you get a tattoo. So cliche, so typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that and getting married, uh, married in the, uh, what is it, the Elvis chapel there. Yeah. If he'd done both of those things, uh, that that would have that would have been a Vegas trip. Um, yeah, his, his uh, wife probably would not have appreciated that. But I, yeah. I, I'm I'm guessing not. I, I feel we're digressing, however. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. So, so you know, what 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 were some of those key things they say? What what was the things that caught your attention? So one was this announcement of uh, something that we've been working on for a while called Project Dimension. Uh, and essentially, this is the idea of you know VMware being an awesome solution for many many years uh, in the core. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we announced we moved that to the cloud with services like VMware Cloud on AWS, uh, and then taking that same service that we have at VMware Cloud on AWS, and now actually extending that to the edge. Uh, so something that you know took a lot of people by surprise. Edge? How do you how do you manage edge as a service? Uh, and there is no official name for this just yet. It's called Project Dimension. But uh, in a nutshell, this is the concept of you know VMware Cloud on AWS managing edge services for you so you don't have to do that. So, you know, and, and I, I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, there's a lot more details on that on uh, some websites that I'll share with you. But we actually had Frank Dennerman come on. He's one of the one of the guys that are spearheading this, uh, the uh, tech marketing for this for this new service. And uh, he, he shared a lot of the details with us uh, on our podcast. So I'll, I'll share some links with that for you. Yeah, because I mean that does sound really interesting. So, so this is the idea of a kind of hardware. I'm going to use the word appliance, but that's probably incorrect. But kind of a hardware appliance that gets on site, um, but is wholly managed via VMware, via VMware on AWS. Um, and you know, in terms of, would this be something you subscribe to as well, or, or do we not know that kind oh, yeah. of detail yet? Yeah, this okay, would be yeah, so. yeah, this would be something that's owned and managed by VMware Cloud and AWS, and essentially this is you know this is you doing you know your your opex money to manage this service, uh, and and you know you say oh I've got Edge in two hundred locations and I need these these devices out there and they need to be managed and they need to be able to have these these specs and they're completely patched, managed you know and guaranteed you know th- you know in all these different areas in for your business. So it's a, it's a edge as a service, if you will. I coined that term. I hope that's what they call it, but, uh, you know, yeah, well, well, as long as there's something in it for you, if they do, um, Absolutely. I, I mean, I think what's interesting about this though, is that, um, if, if we roll back three or four years and we looked across kind of the tech industry, you know, analysts and, and people who watch tech industry, I think a lot of them were probably starting to look at the rise of AWS, Azure, you know, Google Compute latterly as well, and talking about how that was going to kill the kind of the on-prem data center. Um, and actually, I know when we, we had Joe on from, from Cloud Health Tech that he talked about, he, he was one of those people predicting kind of the, the death of the on-prem data center, the death of companies like VMware because you know if everybody's putting everything in the cloud how on earth is, is a vmware going to survive now I, I think it's really interesting the way that vmware have um very much you know very much embraced particularly with aws but very much embraced uh, embraced cloud and, and i think we saw a little bit of sniffiness as well around vmware uh, vmware running on aws you know again people saying well why would you do that but i think it's use cases like this that um 
probably goes to show why the people who are behind companies like VMware are behind companies like VMware and not sitting there doing tech industry analysts and like me hosting podcasts. You know, it's why they've it's why they've built companies like VMware, I guess. But but I do I, I think that's a, this is another interesting extension of that, and um, it's probably the kind of thing that enterprises are will be interested in grasping because actually that kind of managing cloud and managing hybrid and on-prem that can be quite complex and to actually be able to give that problem away for a sum of money i think it'll be real interesting and you know i mean, I mean has, has there been interesting feedback behind that since uh, since vegas or again is it a little bit early for for that well the, you know you hit you hit <clears throat> well you hit the nail on the head there in the sense that you know there are certain visionaries out there you know not like you or me but like people like michael dell and also pat gelsinger I've even heard, uh, what's his name from NetApp say this, uh, Dave Hitz, you know, like they're realistic about the fact that not everybody is going to just be cloud. You know, not everybody is just going to be on-prem. You know, everybody, most people are going to have some in both. Uh, and, and, and that's where things like VMware Cloud on AWS makes sense because you've already got a virtual administrator. You've already got somebody who's managing your, your entire environment. Now, why would you then try to adopt a new cloud service that you need a cloud expert in this area, you know, when you can just use the exact same tools, uh, the exact same format, even the same team to manage your infrastructure uh, on-prem, you know, in core, in in cloud, and also on the edge. Uh, so it makes sense that you're using the same technology that you're comfortable with, the same expertise that you have uh, in your company, and you're just managing that uh, that infrastructure no matter where it is. Yeah, and I, and I do think it's, it's really crucial that, as we look to build kind of particularly this enterprise hybrid type environment that you've got consistency uh, across the piece as well, you know, so you've got a consistent experience, whether that's yep. on-prem, whether that's in a colo, whether that's in a public cloud, the, because that's the only way that you can main, for me, at least in my, my very humble opinion, it's the only way that you're going to be able to maintain proper control, proper security, oh, yeah. proper governance of that environment, because actually everything that you've used to manage and control that enterprise stuff that we all like, that we worry about once we go to public cloud well actually to be able to take that with us as well i think things really interesting so um but uh, yeah i mean what, what, what was kind of some of the other things that caught your attention because I, I think that's a fascinating uh, fascinating announcement and uh, and yeah. no doubt it'll be getting somebody back on from vmware i think to maybe as we know more about that but but what were some kind of the other areas that caught your attention so another one that came out it was it was a subtle announcement it really wasn't an official announcement but they did uh, they did finally uh, publicly commit VMware, that is, publicly commit to having full support for Site Recovery Manager on, on virtual volumes. Uh, and for those that are uh, that are familiar with that, that's great, great news. But, but for those that are not, essentially, virtual volumes is a technology that VMware has been working on for, uh, for about three or four years now. It's a, it's a way to really dramatically uh, or, or radically simplify storage management and operations uh, on your vSphere environments. Um, you know, to because storage can be hard in general. Managing storage can be hard. Managing LUNs, uh, under, understanding, you know, IQN numbers and connecting these LUNs to these data stores. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, storage is very, uh, is can be very tedious, if not very difficult. Uh, virtual volumes really abstracts all of that um, and gives the virtual administrator full access to the storage uh, and, and, the, and, a, and an ability to manage the storage inside of vSphere. Uh, and it's something that we work with all of our storage vendor partners like Pure and NetApp and Dell EMC and Nimble and HPE and IBM and you name it. And so all these folks, they have these certified um, solutions for their storage arrays uh, that 
can take advantage of virtual volumes. And it's a great solution. It really simplifies storage management for, for virtual infrastructures. Uh, so it's been, it's, it's been really good, but for the longest time, um, it did not, uh, it was not certified with our disaster recovery product, Site Recovery Manager, SRM. <clears throat> and so, uh, and that's been a big inhibitor, if you will, for folks adopting virtual volumes because they're like, well, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to walk away from my complete DR strategy just because VVOLS doesn't support SRM. Uh, and so that, that was, that message was heard loud and clear at previous VMworlds. And uh, they finally committed to getting that. It is officially on the roadmap. And, uh, you know, we don't give exact dates on podcasts, but I can tell you this, that, uh, you know, keep your, keep, your, keep your ears to the ground on that one for future announcements. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and stuff like that's important because it's interesting what you're saying in there about uh, VVOLs. I know we, we, you've been on the show before to talk about VVOLs. I, I appreciate it. It's kind of a big part of your day job. Um, but I, I very much buy into that idea that I think that it's a little bit like what VMware have done with VMware and AWS and that kind of cloud integration bit. So some of it's about abstracting the complexity, you know, for, for many of us. And, and I talk to people in IT departments and running IT departments all of the time. And one of the biggest, you know, the constant that I hear from them is about lack of resource. You know, the technology is increasingly important in their organizations. It's driving more and more of their business and their business decisions. But the resources to help deliver that technology is not getting any bigger. So anything that starts to abstract complexity makes the integration of multiple locations, multiple data sets, multiple data sources more, more straightforward. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff's got to be welcomed. And I think, you know, great for something like VVOLs where it's maybe been missing a key element to, to you know, have that announced that, that that's going to be in there. So, yeah, I think, I think that's good. And, for, you know, and, and you know, I, I would definitely encourage people if they've never come across VVOLs before, and we can bank some stuff in the show notes, to, to find out more about it. Because I do think it's a, it's an interesting technology. It's probably taken a little bit of time to for, for people to start to, um, you know, grasp it. And I, and I think some of that's been driven by uh, needing to migrate to certain versions of vSphere and, and ESX. Oh, yeah. But um, obviously with the kind of the, the death of 5.5 in the last week or so. You got it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, th I think, I'm not sure it was, it was on your show that I heard you talking recently about um, that you were seeing a real uptake in, in VVOLs and it was being driven partly by people now starting to migrate into kind of the, the 6X environment oh, yeah. and saying, hey, VVOLs, let's, let's give that to go because because we can um you know, so, and, and i mean is that is that accurate you, you're starting to see that kind of uptake and and you know whether it's been driven solely by that but I, I guess it plays a part well the way you can tell what it's being driven by is the adoption that we can pull from our numbers um f from the numbers that they pull from every you know everybody that's registered to submit their their information to vmware uh you can just tell like oh a new deployment of vSphere 6.5 oh now that server is using vvols and you can see how much how many petabytes or how many you know how many terabytes are being committed to vvols on these uh, 6.0, 6.5, and then uh, 6.7. Uh, and so the the numbers that we've been seeing, I've been getting from product management, it's just hockey sticked. You know, like the, when when we weren't, you know, when we were at 6.0, the, the adoption was very slow. Uh, and then as 6.5 came along, we started to see a, a hockey stick, you know, go start to spike up where people are really starting to adopt it. And then um, we're already seeing 6.7. And so we know we know for a fact that this is people that are finally migrating are now using it, uh, and this is the this is what people have been telling us for years. Like when we would tell people about VVOLs, and they would say, "Oh, okay," you know, like my pitch has always been, "It's simpler, smarter, and faster." 
simpler for operating because you don't have to deal with individual LUNs. It's just one big logical data store. Uh, you know, smarter in the sense that it it does all your space reclamation for you. You don't have to do manual things like trim unmap uh, by yourself. Uh, and it also has storage policy-based management, so it's much much more intelligent way of managing your software. And it's faster because it's leveraging your existing arrays, uh, tool sets like uh, you know for data services like taking snapshots and clones, those fast things that you know you already have on storage, you can now do inside of VMware. And so people would look at that and go, hmm, simpler, smarter, faster. Yeah, I want to do that. And then they'd say, okay, well, as soon as we get off this 5.x version that we're using, we'll take a look at that. You know, because you know how IT is. Things don't go very fast. And if you're already, if you've got an organization with 300,000 people and you're on five dot whatever, you're not going to just jump on off of it because you like VVOLS and it's simpler, smarter, faster. It's okay. Well, whenever we do finally do our, our migration in three years, we'll take a look at that. And so that's what we're seeing. That that ship has finally started to turn the direction, especially now that vSphere 5.5 is no longer supported. People are now starting to move on to 6.5 and 6.7 uh, at a higher pace, and and the ones that do, they're at a minimum starting to to put their toes in the water with VVOLs. You know, not full migration to VVOLs, but we're seeing you know increase data store volumes increasing uh, as they start to move to VVOLs because hey, it's free. Why wouldn't you try it at least? No, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think it's interesting that, that you know the, the kind of topics we've talked about so far. You know, we talked about kind of project dimension. Uh, you know, and the extension as kind of VMware and AWS. But I guess it's it's it is kind of those shifts in technology where people are starting to take either cloud infrastructure or you know this kind of interesting idea of taking a managed cloud service just having it deployed on prem. It will allow people to be able to deploy and utilize these technologies maybe that much quicker because if somebody else is managing the risk and managing the risk of deployment, then there's no reason that, you know, where people have delayed that kind of, like you said, you know, enterprise IT will yep. move slowly, partly because lack of resource and, and risk and, and cost. But, you know, if, if you're managing that as a service, well, the idea that I roll from version, you say, you go to 6.5 to 6.7, well, that just kind of rolls in the background and now I can embrace these new features. So you know, that, that kind of stuff, I think, is really interesting for keeping, um, you know, keeping organizations technology up to date, lowering kind of security risk as well in doing that, but also speeding up kind of that, that pace of innovation. So you know, they're, they're really interesting announcements, I think, that dovetail quite interestingly. So, um, I, look, I, I mean, I'm always a fan of a, kind of a list of three so was there a kind of a third thing maybe something that was um, yeah. a, a little bit wacky or unexpected you know something that you, you just didn't see coming with the, that people should look out for uh well i wouldn't say it's wacky uh but i will say that in the in terms of three that to me i save the best for last that i would mention uh and we can we can touch on some smaller other crazy fun things that happen at vmworld but i will say that the uh the the, the exciting thing for me at v, vmworld was the announcement of uh, vSAN 6.7 update one. That was our latest uh, version of vSAN. And uh, it has gotten, I mean, <laughs> for those that don't know vSAN or at least maybe knew vSAN from a few years back, uh, this is this ain't your mama's vSAN. <laughs> it has changed much over the, over the generations of vSAN. And uh, now it's got, I mean, it's much more simplified operations. It's got full feature set. You know, we've, they've had deduplication and compression forever, but um, it's in terms of up operations, like doing uh, upgrades, it's fully integrated with what we have called um, vSphere Update Manager. So it's like a full, a full way to completely, you know, non-disruptively do upgrades, uh, including your, your ESX, but also your firmware, 
uh, all of your hardware and software updates are managed inside of vSAN with the, all the upgrades up <clears throat> with all the updates to VUM, which is completely integrated into vSAN. Uh, several other things like there's a thing at VMworld that we use. If you have a problem and you want to call support, um, you know, everybody who's ever called support before, they know the process, you know, the drill, like you call up support because you've got an issue and you're, you're half panicked because you're experiencing an outage. And then the support person says, okay, well, we need to, we need to get the logs. You know, we need to see what's going on in your environment. And that can be a, a lengthy process to, to do that log collection, just so they can start to investigate what might be the problem. Uh, and so a few, uh, back in vSAN 6.6 uh, version 1, they, vSAN released this thing called vSAN Support Insight. And vSAN Support Insight is the ability for, for VMware to collect um, data that's been obfuscated, so there's no personal data there, uh, but have the information about your, your infrastructure uh, to collect that data through our CEIP program, our Customer Experience Improvement Program, uh, and so essentially you're pushing this information up um, in advance. It's it's up there, you know, periodically. We're getting uh, any changes in your environment. We're collecting this data. Um, and this telemetry data that we're collecting is everything that VMware would ever need to expedite any of the troubleshooting uh, should you have an issue. Uh, in, in addition, it can proactively uh, make you aware of things like, hey, you know, we're noticing that you're running out of space or, hey, we're noticing that this drive is experiencing some issues. And so it's a, it's a way to get a really clear picture of your, your environment. Should you ever need to have an issue when you call, the support person online doesn't need any information from you other than, oh, hold on, what is, your, what is your environment? Okay, now I can see everything. I see the problem and can expedite the troubleshooting process. And so that has gotten... Uh, a real big facelift in 6.7 update one. Uh, and that is something that is exciting about vSAN. <clears throat> Another one is probably the biggest one is trim on map. Uh, this is uh, the, the idea of doing space reclamation. This is something that's been a, a real pain for most storage admins for forever. Uh, and essentially the idea for your guest operating system, you know, you got a Windows VM in your environment uh, that's managing its own files and its own file system. Uh, and then you've got your storage on the bottom uh, that is essentially supporting that VM. They've never been fully aware of each other in terms of capacity. You know, one might be thin provision, one might recognize it as an entire, uh, the full amount of the drive. And so having a true picture of what's the amount of space that you have in your storage, but also the ability to delete things um, that are not really being used. If you have you know, a one terabyte VMDK inside of your inside of your VM and the storage has no visibility into the fact that you're not really using that or that you're deleting files and not using them anymore. Um, there's always been this disconnect between the storage and the, the virtual machines. And so now uh, with vSAN, we've got full support for trim and unmap uh, in there so we can automatically reclaim any space that is no longer being used in your uh, in your VM. So the end result is just greater space efficiency using vSAN. Uh, this is something that we've been trying to get in for the past couple of versions of vSAN, but the uh, engineers wanted to make sure that it was perfect, and uh, they were finally able to get it out in 6.7 update 1. And so uh, that was a real... That was one that we were super excited about announcing at VMworld. So vSAN 6.7 has a couple of other things, but 
um, this this update one uh, is a is definitely worth a, a read to see some of the benefits if you're looking at uh, going into uh, hyperconverged infrastructure and you're looking at vSAN. If you take a look at 6.7U1, I think you'll uh, you'll find it to be pretty uh, pretty persuasive. Yeah, and I mean, it's got really important parts in that as well. I mean, it's, it's interesting something you said earlier on, actually, about that uh, that storage is hard. Um, you know, which is why you can't rush things into something like vSAN. You know, it's got to be fully tested. You've got to know. You know, if we're we're putting our data in there, you know, we're not we're not after people's science projects when we're we're laying data down somewhere. Are we? You know, we're after yep. we're after something that's going to be robust, resilient, and make sure that our data remains intact when when we place it there. So so you know, I, th- I think delaying stuff so it comes out and it's right when it comes out. But some of the, some, oh, yeah. some of the other stuff you were saying there though as well, I think about um and it, and it was really interesting about kind of the uh, the the, the the kind of um the, the support element you know so something that's going to be offering you something that's a, a little smarter so you because you, you're absolutely right i think you, you know the last thing you want when you ring a support line is yeah can you just go and pull a load of logs for me because in my opinion i'm always thinking the only reason you're telling me that is you're buying time you're going to send me off to do a little bit of work uh, <laughs> that buys you an hour to make a cup of coffee while i go and pull a whole bunch of support logs from somewhere i i want to you know if, if if it's all going horribly wrong i want to be able to ring a support line tell you who i am and actually you just be able to pull information and say well we we can already see these kind of metrics we can we can apply some you know some smarts to that you know whether it's been some analytics have gone on in the background that's maybe proactively telling you stuff as well um so any kind of move in in that kind of space i think uh, is always interesting um oh paul let me tell you let me tell you people some of the gs some of the folks from support one of the things they told me about that that was exciting i i never thought about this i never worked in support but one of the things they, they shared with me was that the truth is, is that usually the person that's calling in for support in, a, in an issue like an administrator or whatever, there are many times when the issue that happened was their fault. <laughs> and getting that information from them is, is not always the, you know, it's kind of like asking a child like, uh, who broke this vase in the living room here? You know, and it's like, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, let's see, I, I, I was upstairs all day. It wasn't me. And and so there's and it's that doesn't happen always, but sometimes the issue may be the, the the issue may have been caused by the person that actually calls in for support, and so they might not. And whether whether or not they're trying to do it, on, you know, intentionally or not, they they may not lead you to the to the issue as quickly as possible. Whereas if you have all the logs and you have everything, and it's historical, so you can go back and see. Okay, well, I can t- you know because it's got snapshots, so I can go back to when it was working, you know, whenever that was, and I can see exactly how everything was configured, and then cross-reference that to how it is now and see what changed to see what could have caused this issue. And so it's a really uh, it's a really interesting way to expedite the troubleshooting process without having to depend on um, human input, you know, from from support folks or from you know the on-site staff there that's trying to get the issue resolved. So, well, look, Pat, I, you know, we're, we're kind of, um, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. Um, so just um, a, a couple of things maybe just to just kind of wrap up on. So so one, obviously we're sat currently recording this between Vegas and, and Barcelona, Barcelona's in a few weeks' time. Um, yep. So if people are going to Barcelona, um, have you got a couple of tips for how they will get the best out of VMworld? And maybe for those who've already been to, to the US version this year, or maybe people who are thinking about attending VMworld next year. I mean, is there, is there again, a couple of things that you, you might say that you know reasons they might want to go and for those going to Barcelona the things that that will allow them to get the best out of their experience sure well let's see for the reason to go I would say there's plenty I mean there's a lot of sessions 
we talked about this. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunity for networking. Uh, there's a lot of vendors out there with different different technology solutions, and so it's a great place to learn, to network, to socialize. Um, and if you are going, I would love to meet you there. I will be there. Uh, we have a p- little podcast called the Virtually Speaking Podcast, and we're going to be in the the main area, the Solutions Exchange again. We'll be doing interviews all week, and so uh, we, we'd love to hear you come by and uh, chat with us. And uh, you know, we'll be giving away like T-shirts as well as uh, we also give away a, a really nice fancy pair of uh, Beats by Dre headphones with the Virtually Speaking Podcast insignia engraved on the side. So. Uh, we, we try to give one of those out every conference. And so um, it'd be great to meet some of the folks out there, some of your listeners that might be interested in VMworld. Come and say, you know, and if you say, hey, I know Paul, you know, we might give you a little extra something special because we love Paul. Yeah, you, yeah you'll give them a little extra something special. You'll show them where the exit is and tell them to get out. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, it's not. That's not the case at all. But yeah, VMworld is a great place. I mean, it's, it's, it. There's a lot to do there. If you're in Barcelona and you're at VMworld, you know, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'll share with Paul a bunch of sessions. I'll be doing a session on what's new in vSAN. Uh, I'll be doing a VVOL, a virtual volumes deep dive. Uh, we're also doing some meet the expert sessions and all kinds of meetings. Uh, and as I mentioned, we're going to be also doing podcasts. And uh, you know, it's going to be a a great opportunity to come learn about the technology, interact with other people, and uh, uh, it's always a great time. So we, we hope to see you there. Well, Pat, um, before we go, um, you mentioned the uh, the podcast on, on more than once, the consummate professional that you are. Um, so for people, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and generally not just because not just because you're here to talk to, but you know, I think if people listening to this show are not only interested in what VMware are doing, but kind of interested in the, uh, the 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 strategic direction that companies like VMware are taking, I I can't recommend highly enough the Virtually Speaking podcast. You know, it's it's in my I I have a section on my podcast player called Main Tech Shows. The Virtually Speaking podcast is one of five, only five that's sitting there amongst the kind of 30 that, uh, that I regularly listen to. So, you know, it's definitely a show to, to catch. But Pete, if people have not yet heard the show, uh, how, how can they catch it? And also, how can they, um, if they want to, how can they haunt you online? Because um, no doubt they'll be able to haunt you in Barcelona now you've told them where you are. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if, they, if they want to follow you online and, and kind of engage and ask questions on, on anything we've talked yeah. about today, how can they do that? Well, Paul, thanks so much for uh, adding me to your list of uh, favorite podcasts. I appreciate that so much. Uh, I think you have a great show as well. I am at um, V Pedro Arrow on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at Vert Speaking. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen to some of the episodes that we've got, you can just go to vspeakingpodcast.com. And we've got all our episodes up there with a little bit of, a, you know, with a show notes page and links to the things that we talk about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so those are the, those are the ways you can reach me on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We, we value the feedback of our listeners. That's always the other great thing about VMworld is getting feedback from people. We've had so many, some of the ideas that we're going to be doing on future episodes of the podcast, uh, came just from a couple of weeks ago at Vegas. We, we met some great people, uh, that, that came up with some brilliant ideas that I hadn't even thought of. And I was like, that's that's actually a great idea. We're going to do that. So I love he, I love getting suggestions. Paul, you made a suggestion for an episode that's definitely up and coming soon. Uh, looking forward to that one on uh, Workspace One. I think that'll be a great episode. 
and, and in case people are worried, it doesn't include me on it, so uh, so they can feel free to listen, <laughs> listen to that episode. Well, look, Pete, um, really appreciate your time, and uh, you know, I know it's a busy time for you between VM Worlds. Um, so for people who are going out to Barcelona, do hunt Pete and, uh, and his co-host John Nicholson down. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be time well spent, um, and, and they do have some some great giveaways that uh, you, you may be able to get your get your hands on. Um, and, and if you're not going out to VM World uh, in, in Barcelona, then uh, you know, do do check out the podcast. But um, but for now, hey, Pete, look, really appreciate your time thanks for coming on and uh really look forward to speaking again soon thanks paul bye for now i hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes next time we take a look at cloud first what it does mean and maybe what it should mean so if you want to catch that show why not subscribe hey and leave us a review you can find us on apple podcasts on soundcloud and stitcher as well as all other good homes of podcasts so until next time thanks for listening bye for now